Right, guys, welcome back to the Adam Peter Fitness Podcast. Um, today, I have uh, my, my homie, uh, Trey, on the other side. So this is just, just something I wanted to do with my brand a little bit more. Um, is just, I, it's just, like, I feel like everybody kind of knows, like, I know shit about science and stuff. I, I know I know shit done about science, but I kind of wanted to have something where it's just, like, we just talk about, like, general training and just, like, life and in general. So... Uh, Trey is like one of my best friends, so I figured this would be kind of perfect um, to do. So I guess, uh, Trey, do you want to like introduce yourself at all to the people? I'm Trey. I'm like uh, the local gym rat dipshit. So anything I say, take with, take with a grain of salt. I'll say yeah. that. But, but he's also has like a lot of experience. Trey has one hell of a physique. He's really strong. Um, like we met literally like one day. Um, in the gym like trey was actually the one that came over to me i forget what you said but we just dude, i was like aren't you that dude i was like aren't you that dude that can rip like 600 pounds on deadlift and you were like yeah yeah i am <laughs> like, that's, that's, holy fuck bro that's so impressive I mean, i'm good at one thing <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah like then like we just immediately just, just hit off to start off talking about like training like drugs diet uh just like lots and then just like life philosophy and like for the rest of the, of the workout and then got each other's phone number and then kind of just been friends ever, ever since yeah, the rest is history yeah the rest is basically history so we, uh, we did deep. thinking uh, about our first conversation bro we got deep we were talking about like religion the meaning of life it got deep like there's some people who are like i feel like that, that's kind of how it is with like most of really good friendships it's like you don't have to fucking drive you just it just organically evolves into like oh like we just started talking and you just got along really well and then we're like really good friends. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, Trey is, uh, I guess I kind of want to talk a little bit about like our training right now and like our diet and whatnot, kind of like what we're doing um, with what, if they're just that stuff, because I think it's something that people are somewhat interested in just seeing like, it's like, I, like when I talk about like evidence-based fitness, it's just like combining that science, like the personal experience mm-hmm. and thinking of like why we have to have that personal experience because the, like, there's just not much, re- much research or like any research at all on people that are like Trey and I, um, who are like, like not beginners who are, you know, reasonably lean and jacked and strong. So a lot of it, you know, is like science says something that's cool, but like, what are the actual jacked and strong people doing? <laughs> um, Go ahead, so, man. Yeah. So like Trey and I were actually talking about this. Um, a little bit more uh, on the phone before, but um, just talking like a little bit about like trying to have a really hard time backing off with, with training. We kind of like to grind ourselves into the dirt till we get sick or hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude. like that meme, you know, like you ever seen that meme where it's like, why do you do this? Well, I do this. So I don't fucking kill myself. Yeah. It still stands true. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it kind of comes down to like that therapeutic aspect of it. It was like, if you were just as logical and like training was like, was like emotional, like, yeah. like, yeah, like I take my deloads and yeah, I only do like X, Y, Z thing, but like, unfortunately, like emotion kind of like reigns so supreme. But I mean, I think the more often that like, like we, like we train, train or I were talking about this is like knowing when to back off and like have also like, with that skill of pushing really hard is like absolutely essential to long-term progress. Um, like trainer actually we're, we're talking about like you kind of get like borderline sick like you start to just like get really sore um and then like actually there's some like really bad things that happen with your um testosterone cortisol ratios like you just can't really get a pump you're really flat you're holding a lot of water like in your face and your abs and just like it's just a really like nasty situation um and like yeah, I was like I recently did just get like a strain in my, in my lats, um, and this is just like it's like not anything severe. It's really just like an overuse injury. It's because like I realized like, and this is just like repeated time. And sometimes you do need to need to go there and like actually break yourself to like know like when you need to back off. What happens to me when I train is like it's like I'm good and I'm getting stronger for like four weeks, and then like once I get like a, a fifth week and sixth week, it's like I just start to get excessively sore. Uh, my sleep goes to hell. Um, my weight tends to spike up randomly for no good reason. Um, and I'm just tired all the time. Like, what do you kind of like, like what happens to, to you? Like when you get excessively like fatigued, like how long can like you like realistically train for? Cause like you do a little bit more bodybuilding than, you know, than I do. Like for me, I mean, like I've done my fair share of strength training. Like, I mean, my whole fitness journey until like maybe two years ago was completely strength based approach. 
And yeah, I wasn't doing it smart either. I mean, like I'd just go into the gym, you know, do like a one, one rep max three, four times a week. And that's what worked for a while. But also I was doing other things that would make me get stronger. It wasn't actually a good training protocol or good dieting. It was just uh, the drugs I was taking. And it was D-ball for anyone wondering. Tits, love it. A lot of people hate on it. But honestly, for me, I go about eight to 12 weeks. That's whenever I really am just destroyed. My, my gym sessions go to shit. My appetite is like usually the first thing to go. I have a hard enough time eating enough as it is just because I'm so active. You know, I minimum usually is 12,000 steps a day. And that's like a, like a rest day for me. Usually I'm cracking out close to like 18 to 20,000 steps a day on top of my cardio that I do. So I do a lot of cardio, but everything just stops working. Like I am so much more exhausted throughout the day. I get this weird brain fog too. Like that's the first sign of overtraining. I just, I can't think worth a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so lost in my own head. And usually the only thing that works for me is to take like two weeks off. Like I just came off of vacation. Essentially I was just doing pump work. I was uh, trying to keep some muscle eating a lot of food. So I was growing, I guess I'm up like 30 pounds now, but how much of that's water and glycogen stores? Probably 90%. I don't know. The rest is probably fat too. So, eh. but I am rested and I am going to probably push over 200 pounds this year if I um, do my stuff right. Yeah. So like, just like, I can definitely agree with that. Like with the, with the brain fog, like the first thing that I notice is like, it's like, I want to train, but it's like, I'm definitely noticing, okay, like everything in life is just, just like walking in general and just doing things I normally do, but it's like, I like I had tons of energy, like walking around isn't hard. Like when I start to get like that, that fatigue, it's like, holy crap. But just like, like the things do start to get more difficult. Like, you know, my activity levels might slightly reduce it because I'm, I'm tired um you know subconsciously i don't fidget around as, as much i get a lot more apathetic it's like somebody could like run into my car i'm like well that's fine these things happen or i was like if i was like actually like feeling good i'd be like actually like show emotions um like, Fuck, bro, that's my car you piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> but like i thought it was like like you know like basically like you know you said oh it's like eight to 12 weeks and like everybody has different times when they you know they, they do it and they do need to deload and like it also depends upon like how hard you're pushing yourself in training how structured it is. is it like what exercises you're choosing like if i'm doing like like mostly just bodybuilding movements that have like a lower fatigue cost instead of just pushing squat much of deadlift i can i can train for i can absolutely train for longer but because i'm on power lift and also like um you know i just i'm i'm getting stronger like pretty fast and more and more muscular like basically the most sessions for me right now are like prs and so it's just like, which is, that's how your training should be if you're actually like, like, I, I think that's something that people like, it's like not making progress isn't normal. Like that's a time that something's like not good. Like you should be making some sort of progress, but like, yeah, whether it's a, like 0.1 pound progress is still progress. Just add like, just like adding a like a rep or just add like, you know, five pounds. Or maybe, yeah. Or it's just like, there should be some form of a progress. Like they should be, it should be normal to make, to make progress. But I will say this about strength training, though, way more fatigue. Like, I get fatigued so much faster when I'm lifting heavy, especially when I'm doing it frequently. Like, if I do SPD throughout the week, systemic fatigue is through the roof. Instant. That's absolutely why, like, whenever somebody's like, hey, I want to, like, get really, really strong and, like, also get jacked. Like, power building is, like, like, the solution. It's like, eh. Like, it's probably a little bit more so for strength with, like, some hypertrophy. But if you really want to pack on, like, a ton of muscle, like, probably minimizing that volume would be, like, at least keeping like an RPE like low on those, those compound lifts. Um, like basically like something that the data, like, like I will do for my clients instead of doing like a three by eight, like 70%, just higher RPE. Might do like a six by four at the same per, like percentage. It's slower. It's like, that's like sub five RPE. We have like pretty good research that shows that like, oh, like that's going to be less fatiguing to the same amount of strength gains. Um, but like, if you really want to like get the most jacked you possibly can, like having some periods of time where like you do back off and you are just doing like, minimal squat bench deadlift work you're just pushing those accessories that you know that you tolerate better um yeah. you'll be able to train for a lot longer probably be healthier and not be as fatigued i haven't squat in four months bro i haven't squat in four uh, months and you have bigger legs than me so like it's it's like that's something that i think yeah it's just a lot of it a lot of it does depend upon preference too though you know like if, if you if you enjoy like just lifting heavy and you're okay I with the trade-off like 
that's fine. And like, I'm that way. That's like, I know, like, like I, I honestly don't want to pack on the most muscle possible. I mean, I would probably ditch heavy deadlifts, heavy squats, heavy bench. Um, well, I keep my heavy deads on. For whatever reason, that makes my back grow. My back is very responsive to deadlift. I noticed I started to get a lot wider. My mind muscle connections is so much better when I am deadlifting. But when I'm squatting, my legs get smaller. And I don't know if it's just because my legs can't handle cardio plus compound movements like squat because like, that's a lot of stress. And I, I have to either cut my cardio out or cut out my squats to have like healthy knees. I can't do both. So I choose the cardio over the squats, but I still do good volume like this. Like my legs are not a lacking body part for me. My calves, yeah, genetic, genetic. I, I think it's a combination like of like if you're more if you're more of a hip dominant squatter, like like like, like you and I are more hip dominant. Like how we, we both we both squat like we both like you you have to load your like your quads and whatnot. But like I absolutely don't load my quads as much as I do like my hips and my posterior chain because they're just they're comparatively weaker muscles. Um whereas like my um you know if I'm doing like belt squat or like leg extensions or lunges like the, I feel that so much more in my actual quads. Um because it's more so like, like like I know essentially how strong I'm going to be on deadlifts and on squats by how my back feels. Like if my back feels bulletproof, if I feel strong, like no axial fatigue, I can grind through whatever I want on squat because my like that's the limiting factor for me. Is that's the strongest part. And same with like I, I know I, I love how you said like for you like deadlifts pull up your back because that's something that like I do think that there is and, and you actually told me this like there's something that you can tell somebody's a big deadlifter by how their back looks. It's just a very dense, like turtle shell type of look, just really big erectors. Um, yeah. And with myself, I feel, I feel dealt mostly in my, in my, um, by my back and my, and my glutes. And I, I think that's like, people always are going, it's kind of fun for people like, are you like, ah, like deadlifts like are shitty exercise for your back? I'm like, bro, like, I think if you feel it in your back, you're probably like, <laughs> You, it probably is a good exercise for your back for you. Yeah. Like, like if I'm deadlifting, I can't get away with much accessory work because my back is just that simulated. Yeah. And I think a lot of it stems from people not wanting to get outside that comfort zone. They see like people hurt themselves deadlifting or, you know, you have that one dipshit in the gym who literally pulls all back the whole rep and then blows his lower back out and then scares everybody away from it. If you're doing it properly. There's no reason to be scared of any exercise. Well, yeah. Like the most, the, the main thing that can contribute is to, injury is load and volume management and you know like how did i strain my lap just just as barely too much accumulated volume you know and fatigue will, will also it it linearly increases like it doesn't just go like it's not like uh like it'll, it'll eventually outpace fitness because fitness is parabolic it'll eventually go like this and then downwards because of because of that fatigue escalation um it's basically about knowing like when to back off and whatever and not doing too much, not going too heavy. Um, but like, I, I, there's one thing that you did, did say about like how you were, how like you initially, like you went hard, like a lot, like, you know, like, like you didn't know like anything about like, you know, RPE, like, oh, like I don't like, you know, RPE eight, whatever. And like, I was the same way, man. Like every single set, like I train them um, with basically like a, like a very like high intensity program. Um, I had a top set that undulated, you know, top sets between like, one three and two and i was just all balls to the wall like rpe 10 on those every fucking and, time bro yeah and like was that not the smartest decision probably not like looking back at it but like it taught me how to grind taught me how to work really hard and i i think that's you know if we do take you know, it, the science is, is good i think it has a lot more utility for people that are more in that intermediate and advanced stage where fatigue management is more of a more of a thing for beginners just learning how to work hard and just like training like yeah. i love training i love it especially because i was a beginner bro like i could come in and literally i could max out rpe9 rpe10 and it could add five pounds ten pounds next week yeah exactly dude I, those newbie gains bro i wish everyone thinks that steroids give you newbie gains and that's not true at all bro like you get some more volume maybe and better pumps but up front you don't get anything it's kind of like newbie shit. You are invincible, like invincible. Yeah, like get, like steroids and, and like my, my friend Zach, who's like who's, who's um all he's, he's natural. He's actually like really smart. He understands actually how steroids work, and he's just just like yeah, like steroids like, like imagine like strength or 
um, muscle build. Like you still need to, like, okay, to a, so, to a certain extent they are, like they absolutely do do help. It's not like, okay, but like that, you take steroids and you blow up, you know, it's like. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's stupid to think that. Nothing does that. No. I mean, literally nothing. You could take every drug under the sun. If you're not busting your ass and actually working and utilizing the drugs correctly with diet, sleep, training protocol, they're not going to work. That's why people get fat on gear. Like yeah. I, I've seen like actually three of my friends get on gear and get fatter. Like, I don't understand it. How are you taking something that makes you leaner and get, you get fatter? Yeah, because by, 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 to them, by but you, know, you change absolutely nothing about your diet. You hog on steroids. You're going to build muscle better than in a enhanced person, have increased lipolysis, better strength characteristics immediately. But yeah. like if people are like, oh, I'm on gear. This is a free ticket to like eat like as much as I want. Like if you're making really, really, really good progress. In other words, of Broderick Chavez, two pounds of muscle per month is an ass pile of muscle. Yeah, dude. Once you get past like your first three years of lifting, I would say like five pounds of muscle in a year is impressive. Very Absolutely. impressive. Like, cause most people are coming away with what, like one, two, maybe if that genetics, you're going to basically gain like, say like, I'm like, this is really good. You know, maybe you'll gain 25 the first year, 12, the next six, the next three. And then the two or three, three, three pounds a year beyond that point. Oh and yeah. Over time, I mean, like say you did, you know, five years of that, that's an extra 15 pounds of muscle, you know, with three pounds a month, that's going to be a different person. It just is really, really slow. But like, like people take these crazy doses of, of, of the anabolics too. Um, and like Trey has experience with this, like taking crazy doses is actually probably the one of the fucking most retarded things you could do from a performance standpoint, from a health standpoint, uh, and also just for actual occurring muscle mass and strength, because number one denominator in getting stronger and getting bigger is being able to train and diet for years progressively longevity is everything i mean and it is it's a marathon dude it's not a sprint there's no time limit on achieving your goals you know if you achieve it at 25 hey good on you if you achieve it at 30 good on you as long as you get to that point because 90 percent of the population can't say that they achieve anything in their life much less one of their goals that they've had since they were a kid you know what i mean like there's it's no rush those dosages don't get you there any faster you just get more side effects but like you're not going to be like the, the reality is that you're going to be in most jack still five years from now and not like within three and usually what happens is like like the, the proper way to use anabolics is to use as little as you as you need to get the desired results to gain you know let's say ten thousand muscle per year for five years i I don't know, man. I, I don't know if the low and slow approach is really taking hold. Like I know a lot more people are more health conscious with their doses, but there's still abuse rampant everywhere. I mean, like, well, 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 well why do you think like, like low and slow isn't better because. Well, okay. It, it depends on the compound for one, because, you know, like you want to talk about Primo versus vault or trend, you know, what would be better a four week approach with the trend or the Primo even like, would it be better to run the Primo for four weeks or the trend for four weeks? You know, obviously you run the Primo for longer because it's way more tolerable. The trend is just going to fuck you in the end. Like there's nothing good that comes of it. It's purely cosmetic. Like, I don't care what anyone says. You lose just about everything you get from trend. As soon as you come off. Great, of actually, can you please talk about like why nobody should take trend unless they're like literally like they are like one of the best bodybuilders in the world or like, because like, I think a lot of kids they're like, Oh my God, if I take trend, ah, like, ah, it, it's, it's like, please like just divulge. Okay. All right. So I'll start my trend journey at uh 18. I got my hands on Trinovar. Uh, I don't, if y'all don't know what that is. It's like 17 bionine, some, some crazy chemical formula for pro hormone trend. Essentially it's, it's a trend clone. You take it converts trend in liver and, you know, you get maybe like five milligrams of trend after everything's said and done. Bioavailability is trash on the stuff. But I decided to use it nonetheless. Um, I did it for like six months straight, the first run I had with it. And I was drinking a lot at this time. I had just become like, just got to my unit in the Marine Corps. So I was getting alcohol haze like a, like a motherfucker. And then it's just the self-destructive lifestyle for one. Like with the oral trend, 
maybe it's because I wasn't taking nearly as much as when I got into injectable trend. Um, I did notice I was more depressed, uh, very bipolar. I mean, like I was hot and cold. My wife can attest to this because we were dating at the time. And I would go from like the most loving boyfriend, caring boyfriend in the world to literally the most narcissistic douchebag you can turn into in two hours. Like it is just so bad for my mental health. That was just oral trend. When I got to real trend, I uh, made the mistake of my first cycle, letting it be 500 tests because that's what all the forms tweeted. Like you don't, don't do anything under 500 tests for your first cycle. It's a waste, you know, same risk profile. So don't even waste your time with a lower dose. Completely untrue. That, that is just bullshit, 100%. And then I added 600 trend balloon on top of it. And I'll say this as a little side note, I used the same needle for uh, five weeks. Didn't know you were supposed to change them out, man. I'm telling you. I'm going to get like some sort of like sepsis. Like you know, fucking hepatitis or some shit. Yeah. Oh my God. No, I remember by the, my last week on that shit, uh, I had to actually like press into my delt. I was like, fuck. It was so dull. It like ate through my muscle. Do your fucking research. Don't be stupid yeah. about this stuff because it's just going to hurt, man. Physically, emotionally, like health-wise, it's going to hurt you. But no, so 500 tests, 600 trend from us, first cycle. Had no idea about estrogen management, no idea about prolactin and progesterone, no idea that train causes like crazy mental health side effects because, you know, I heard it made you a little crazy, made you act wild, whatnot. And I was already a rambunctious kid. So anything to amp me up even more, I loved. So naturally, trend was the first thing I did. Um, about a week into it, I was up like 15 pounds. I was like, holy fuck, dude, this is, this is awesome. Like I've never been able to gain weight like this. Second week comes around and put on like 10 more pounds. I'm like, fuck bro. Trend's amazing. Like I will stay on this shit forever. And given my mindset at the time, like I really did not care if I lived or died. I was very reckless. Um, I probably would have stayed on it for a lot longer. Week three comes around. I put on like maybe five more pounds by this time, it is set in, dude. I mean, full-blown paranoia. I am paranoid. I'm clearing my house every night, like making sure no one's there to try and get me. I'm like constantly looking out the window, see if somebody's out there waiting for me. I would leave the room and my best friend and my uh, girlfriend, which my wife at the time, or my wife now, girlfriend at the time, she would be in there with me. I'd go take a week for like 30 seconds, bro. And in that 30 seconds, I was convinced that somehow they had found a way to like make out without me knowing or like, try to do stuff dude it was just outlandish crazy shit week four came around 10 times worse dude my dick quit working like i i was like dude i'm on so much testing like, i don't understand how my dick isn't working because i thought test make your dick would work so stupid man i had no business running what i had ran but so my dick quit working so like that is obviously terrible especially when you're like 18 no 19 at this time 19 years old, you know, you should be able to get hard through anything, man. Like looking at your grandma, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it does not make sense for a 19 year old not to be. Yeah, I remember when I was like in middle school, I had my, I'm like, you know, you hear that like, nightmare story about like, like, and like, you know, like you, you get boners like no, for, like no reason. You're just like sitting there just like, boop. And you're like, oh, and like, I remember that, you know, my, my math teacher called me up, up, up to the board and I'm like, I was like, no. <laughs> No, and like I wasn't bad on math. Like I didn't do my homework and whatnot. Like when I was in, in middle school, like I was a very different kid. And then like I was like, nope, like don't do it. And then like I was like, it's just like Adam, like, no, come on up. And then I was like, Well, bro, did you like straight up like push it down the side of the leg so everyone would see it? You know, just wear that bitch with pride or did you waistband it? I I, I, I I did the eye contact thing and she got my drip, like and I was like <laughs> <laughs> okay you know we'll, we'll come back to adam later <laughs> anyways dude, I'll, continue, I'll, with your, continue with with your, with your story oh i got another tangent to go off of dude so this one time i was in physics class and i was i was a shithead in school there was this girl um she was uh not not the best person but she was a very easy person if that makes sense no. so in class like she was she was grabbing on me and shit and yeah, I got a raging boner because I was 17 and I was just a horn dog. Well, we were watching a movie in physics class. We thought we were going to sit there and watch a movie. 
the whole class. Well, no, we had presentations to give. I completely forgot, bro. Completely oh. forgot after this movie, I was about to get up and give a presentation on like Newton's laws of gravity. Some dumb shit, bro. I don't even remember what it was. And I have a full-blown 10 out of 10 rager going on. Like I am so like bricked, bro. It was ridiculous. Just took that motherfucker, put it down the side of my legs. I didn't think I was going to get up. There was no way they were getting to me. My last name started with an R and they had like 40 other motherfuckers in front of me. He started at the back of the alphabet and went that way. So they called me up, dude. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Everybody's going to see this shit. So I get up and like literally it is coming down the side of my leg. You can see it clear as day. I just sat up there and, you know, just face red as hell. But I acted like I did not give a shit. <laughs> anyways, anyways. But like. But yeah, we'll, we'll get back to the trend stories. Everybody wants to hear about trend. Yeah. Everybody's favorite drug. But no, so. That fourth week, my dick quit working terribly. Like, honestly, I, I got depressed because my dick wouldn't work because I am, was concurrently uh, a horn dog. So for me, that was a big thing. Uh, I thought that, you know, healthy relationships, you had to do it a lot. That was just, I was immature, very stupid as a kid. So that got into my head. I thought I was like less of a man for it. And then I honestly had no clue how to fix it. I was like, well, if I just stay on, like maybe it'll go away and solve itself. So week six kicks in, my nipples start leaking. And at this point, I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm done. We'll not do this shit again. And so I threw it all away. Literally, I remember the day it happened. Me and my buddy Cade, we were doing the same cycle. And we grabbed both of these bottles. I was like, absolutely fuck this shit. Took it, crushed it in my hand, threw it away. And didn't do steroids again for probably like nine or 10 months. Uh, what what actually got me back in the gear was I went and got a blood test done, and I've I've been through a lot of shit in my day. Like my pituitary gland stopped stimulate or pituitary gland stopped making testosterone uh, for whatever reason. Probably a culmination of like really bad life decisions, nicotine abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, recreational drugs, not sleeping ever. Like I just would not sleep. Didn't want to miss the party, you know. And I had like 149 nanograms per deciliter test. Ridiculous. Yeah. So just for so so people, no reference range is 300 to a thousand nanograms. Yeah. I was half of low test. Yeah. Um, shouldn't have been like that. I wasn't even taking any SARMs at this time. And like I had taken SARMs. So technically I haven't been natural since I was like 15, 16, at 15, I started my first Austrian cycle. I had a really good hookup for uh, some SARMs when I was a kid and definitely took advantage of all the SARMs. That's probably when my, my recklessness started. I can get in on some SARM cycles too that, that fucked me up, but we'll talk about trend for now. So nine months go by and I get thrown on TRT and it was 50 milligrams of testosterone and then every other week. Uh, I was in the military at the time and those doctors have no clue what they're doing when they prescribe you stuff. Just absolutely zero clue. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this on my own. Just go with my own dosage. So I started doing uh, 125 tests and 125 master on. And that was like my HRT. And in reality, I really thought I was doing 500 tests, 350 master on because I had decided to blast. I was just kind of dumb. I didn't understand that the syringe, when you use insulin syringes versus three milliliter syringes, the oh. dosage changed. So I'm sitting here pinning like 0.2 of test and 0.2 of master on three times a week. It was, it was 125 tests for like my first six weeks on here. Again, after like being diagnosed with T, I decided that I was going to do that. Why not? You know, I had already fucked myself up, crashing my testosterone levels. Don't produce it anymore. Well, I did just very suboptimally for what I wanted in life. So I decided to send it. Um, about six weeks of 125 tests, 125 master on went by. And then I finally realized like, hey, oh, I'm pinning this completely wrong. And then got into testing mass. But Fast forward to my next cycle, which was 200 tests, 200 trend, and 300 EQ plus some bar thrown in on training days. I don't take orals every day when I'm doing like a cycle with orals. I just, I post them as needed for workouts. Um, a lot of people should get on that wave because it allows you to run the drug one for longer, but two safer. There's a lot less side effects that set in. Your body doesn't, it's not able to reach homeostasis. So there's, it's not like you're wasting the drug using it acutely. 
like especially like an Anavar, Anadrol, will make you stronger, have better pumps, which is going to make your muscles grow. But also, if you're taking like, like an oral every single day, like that is increased stress on the liver, like even with something just as mild as like in an Anavar. Um, like, uh, I know most people at my gym, um, when they do take it, it's usually only before like their heavier sessions. Um, and like, like not like and we're talking like, you know, just a very mild dose. Um, because like, like more is obviously more. And I, I think something that Trey you kind of, you, you can kind of like attest to this, just like, it's kind of about finding like that sweet spot for you. It's kind of like with training volume or with your diet or whatever. It's like, you have to find like the right dose that gets you the, the results that you personally want. And depending upon your goals and like what you're going for, that might be more, that might be less, but you also don't want to with, with, you know, with PEDs, especially like you don't want to get like those negative side effects, like, like with, with world, like the digestive stress, um, like Anavar makes a lot of people like break out sometimes and um, just, you know, being smart about compound selection, only using drugs, like you respond well to like, I think that's like the, like the general thing, like, like you have like really like learned a lot from your abuse and like, you know, understand a little bit more, like if people do want to understand a lot more about how to properly utilize performance enhancing drugs, like it's probably going to be worth it to go onto broader Chavez's site, like Team Evil GSP, learn the basics about, you know, steroids, like how they work, did different classes, 19 NORs, DHTs, center column drugs, like why you would take each one of them, what they're good for. Um, you know, really save you a lot of heartache and a lot of the things that Trey went through mm. because he went through a lot. And like yeah. now he's got this, this is other enemy, like he's taken the like, least amount he's ever done. And he's yeah, the and, and leanest and biggest he's ever been. Yeah, dude, you don't need a lot. I mean, like contrary to every, what everyone says, a little bit goes a long way with this shit. Like right oh. now I'm drinking 150 milligrams of testosterone, 60 milligrams of NPP taken. I, I inject three or six times a week. That's why the dosages are kind of weird. But um, I'm saying under 250 milligrams total gear a week because I'll take like five milligrams of Anavar pre-workout on like uh, my bench and deadlift days. So add like 10, 20 milligrams of gear to my total usage per week. And Nothing. I do peptides too. But other than that, like take an injectable carnitine, Cialis, that, that's it. That's yeah, my, uh, if, if anybody was like, like if anybody listening who is thinking about the performance enhancing drugs side, I, I do think that like, one, I'm very much libertarian, like do whatever you want is make an informed dis, dis decision. I would say if you want to first, like my first psycho recommendation would probably be something oral, probably something more mild, probably more of like a D-ball or an Anavar. Um, see how, how you respond to it. The reason why is just because probably only do like you know 10 to like 40 milligrams within that you know like a in our bar for example um just because especially with, with orals like if you had a negative side effects you had something happen they're in out of your system in 24 hours um yeah, half life of anavar is like eight hours um and so like you'll be able to understand how you first do respond run that for like i don't know like four to six weeks then come off you know for the same amount of time um but i would probably say before even going there there are some drugs that you can take. And like Trey and I have both started um, injectable L-carnitine and L-injectable L-carnitine is a fantastic, fantastic um, drug. Like basically what it does is it enhances fatty acid oxidation in muscles, which therefore decreases muscle glycogen depletion, uh, but also shifts substrate use in muscle from fatty acids to glucose. Um, it also replaces muscle carnitine um, after it reaches, like after it goes to like the Krebs cycle, whatever, it goes to like acyl carnitine and it improves your resistance to muscle fatigue and like the pumps and like how long I can train for, like how much less tired I feel in general. Oh, is dude, like, it's like stamina in an injection. It's completely different from, you know, any injectable. Yeah, dude, I, this is what I thought gear would be like. Realistically, like performance wise, maybe not so much like muscle accrual because. Again, it's not an it's not an anabolic. Yeah. It will help aid you get more muscle because you're able to push harder, longer, better muscle. Also, also one thing you left out, um, what it does to the AR receptors, it actually yeah. makes new receptors and makes your existing receptors more sensitive to androgens. You have like more yeah. like free testosterone. Yeah, like, your muscle binding, binding, less albumin binding to the you know the the. Um, testosterone letting the freeing up a little bit more 
So if you are just taking gear, it makes your gear work even better. So let's say it makes you 500 milligrams, 600 milligrams. Yeah, but and, yeah, it, that's an arbitrary number too, bro. Sure, yeah, no, I'm just throwing some, something. I'll, yeah, I'll, I, I, it's, it's hard to define it. It's just great. If you're going to do this gear, you might as well throw it in. It doesn't hurt. I mean, like, I don't think they're natural, natural. Like, like you're just, 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 just thinking about it. Like, Strava, yeah, like, peptides, a quarantine, you know, 200 to 400. Like, I, I'm only taking 200 milligrams per day. Same. Very little. And I'm most, I'm, I'm leaner. I'm, I feel better. Um, like, you don't need to take a crazy amount. Like, a really good rule of thumb, actually. With really any anabolic or like any like peptide, like peptides are a little bit different. Like any any anabolic is like if you look up like reference doses because you have to remember, remind yourself like these drugs were created for medical uses. If you want to like use it, probably take double that first starting dose as your first, um, you know, as what you're going to escalate to. That's what what you're going to take. So like Mastron, two hundred milligrams. Okay, that's the standard clinical use. I'm going to well, eventually escalate up to four hundred, and then keep like Trey also said that you know. Keep, like keep your tests lower like two to three milligrams per per, per kilogram um, i think that's i think that's side dependent i mean like some people they get sure. no estrogen like well they'll get the estrogen response well, like, like they won't get gyno they won't get the acne they won't get the emotion awesome because like tests is, is really like cheap but like yeah, dude, i wish i could run grams of tests because i would do it 100 percent. yeah i just okay. i get too much estrogen conversion yeah but like take all take all carnitine like it's fantastic you'll feel so much better um and then yeah like i think we'll talk a little bit more about like actual gear like an actual like discussion a little bit later because this is a question i get asked a lot and i think that like safer uses models do need to be um taken um seriously because it doesn't mean that they are like like, like, like basically like any drug is like it's not like without risk but uh, I think we kind of went over like what I wanted to cover with like drugs, but, but basically like just like with Trembolone, it should only be used for specific situations, very very uh, acutely. Like with Trace, there's a better option available. Yeah. Like people think Trend's the caveat for everything, dude. You can you can achieve a trend look with Primo and Mastron. Dose correctly, you can't tell the difference. Like people assume I'm on Trend and you're on Trend because we're so lean, dude. I haven't done Trend in like. Two fucking years, man. I, I will not touch it again. It, it's not worth it. You know, like and take drugs. Anadrol, ten times better Anavar than even. yeah, Anavar. Yeah, dude, I got stronger off of Anavar than I did Trent. I mean, everyone talks about how great it is for shrinking. It's not, not at all. Anyways, I think that's that. That's that. I guess I kind of wanted to go over on. I guess the last topic for the last uh, ten minutes was. I guess like, how the hell do we both stay so lean? Like, what did we like? What do we do? This is something that a lot of people um, can't seem to wrap their heads around. Um, and I, I basically do boil it down to it's a choice. But as as just as much of a choice as it is, it's also like an art of staying lean. Um, yeah. So I guess like my biggest tips for like so first off like not everybody's going to feel good around ten percent body fat. Not, not everybody is. And to put that into in context, stage leanness for competitors is five to seven percent. That's around where most everybody steps on stage, um, unless you're using like a fat burner or something like that. And even then it's only acutely like a lower fat percentage because one, one component of fat is actually water. So if you're dehydrated, you'll actually have a slightly lower body fat percentage because you're, de de you're just dehydrated. And anyways, it's a little bit complicated, but like, you can definitely mean, I don't, I think personally, like, yeah, if you're into bodybuilding or whatever, like, I think you should probably get to the point where you, like, I always recommend for, for most people, get down to the point where you can see your abs and never lose sight of them. Like, like when you're bulking, whatever, like, this, this doesn't mean like it, on all that changes, like how crisp you can see it, you know? Um, yeah. But it's like, Trey, like, what are some things that you do, I guess? On a regular basis, like to say, like top three things, just to, just to symbolize me, you know, go to the big down right, 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 whole lot. Like, what are like the biggest things for like you know staying lean year round and still, and still like making improvements? Because like like you, know, you and I like like we both were like trying to have like, like this pack that we're going to get two hundred hundred pounds lean. by the end of the year, like lean. lean. Um, no, I think the biggest thing is you know remember why you're doing it. Like, if you do not absolutely want to be lean, you will never be lean. Like, I have a lot of friends that are like. Oh, bro, what's the secret 
secret? You know, what, what is the secret? And honestly, there's no secret, man. It's one activity levels are everything. Like if you want that hard, dense look, you have to get up and move, you know, sitting on a couch potato. Look, if you're only eating 1500 calories and your daily expenditure is 1500 calories, like you're eating at maintenance, right? But if all you do is go to the gym, work out, and then you come back home and sit down and you're eating maintenance, you will never make progress. You will sit and you will be stagnant. All right. You have to diet down and then go up back and forth, you know, until you reach where you want to be weight wise with how you want to look physique wise. You know, I, the biggest thing for most people is going to be activity levels. I feel like we have such sedentary lifestyles nowadays. Everyone's just like a couch potato. Like hell, I'm sitting on the couch right now. That's what I've been doing all day. I went swimming earlier and tanned a little bit, but other than that, I've done nothing but eat pizza. So, you know, Good diet choices. Obviously, I ate pizza today. It was my wife's last day here for four months. I'm eating pizza, so fuck you. You know, I like pizza. But you're just trying to maintain this. this, this, this yeah. like, and like, once you're lean, you have habits in place. Like, you know, like you can get away with a little bit, a little bit, bit more. But please continue. Well, walls of thermal dynamics don't change. You know, if your maintenance calories is three thousand calories, which that's what you have. It, it, it doesn't it, like that, that's actually that's, that's a huge thing. Like. The food quality it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, it's calories. Like you can, it doesn't matter. Like you're not getting a Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize because you eat nothing but chicken breast and broccoli and you eat 3,000 calories of it versus if you had like a flexible dieting thing or like you had pizza and protein powder. Like yeah. you're going to have the same body composition if you're having them the same amount exactly. of calories. Health, health-wise, you might not have the same health parameters, sure. but that's another story. And honestly, if you eat like one pizza a week or you eat a little bit of pizza three or four times a week and you don't go over your calorie goal for the day, you will stay fine. You will stay according to your goals. Like I never believe it has a different like limit of like how much shit they can like shit they can fit into their diet and like not go off, off the deep end, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, you know, it's it's about balance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's what I think staying lean is balance, you know, balancing the lifestyle or your, whatever your lifestyle is, with your lifting lifestyle, but also your lifting goals, you know, like, oh shit. I think that the best way I can put it is if you want to be lean, you know, obviously if you're enhanced, make the right drug choices. There's no reason to be pushing the gear to get lean. Like, honestly, you can do it on TRT and TRT alone. If you want to throw in some like alpha Yohimbi and maybe like some Anavar to help tighten you up, like that's a perfect cutting cycle. You don't need a lot of drugs to cut. Cutting is easy building the muscle is the harder part you know patience yes cardio patience and just busting your ass you don't get to look like this if you're not working for this unless you're on meth and then you have other things to worry about yeah (laughs) you never get found on meth yeah but like i i I love what what you said about like having higher levels of physical activity because Number one, like, like we said, you're going to, be able to have a higher calorie maintenance. You're going to be able to, be able to eat a little bit, bit, a little bit more. Um, there's actually a U-shaped relationship with also with essentially having more physical activity does actually improve your insulin sensitivity, your hunger hormone right regulation. So people that actually exercise and are pretty active, they can have a better understanding of like what their actual energy needs are. Two, make most of your dietary choices like obviously pretty good, like but like know your output, know your maintenance calories, actually have the discipline to track your food, and then but it also at the same token, don't be scared to go out to eat every now and then. Just plan for it. Make sure it fits into your calorie budget, and make sure that most of the most of the time, you, you know, you're not over consuming, or you know, if you're trying to get leaner, you're actually in that deficit after you do find that in maintenance calories that so you can get leaner. Um, I also think one big thing is that I think people try to really rush this process. And it's the same thing with, with muscle gain, but it's the same thing with getting to be a very lean body fat percentage and to be able to maintain it. Because the reality is that if you look through all your body at 15% body fat, getting down to being able to maintain your body fat percentage at 10%, which is very lean, it's going to be a process. You're not going to feel like great initially. And you know, you can absolutely get down to that level of leanness if you've never been there before, but be prepared to have to still work to maintain that just as hard as it was to, to diet um, and maintain those, those habits. Like once you, once you get there, maintain that high level of physical activity, keep track of your maintenance, weigh yourself like, you know, to, to make sure, you know, at least twice a week um, and just have fun with the process too. Like 
you can, and, and just like, I know we're talking about body type percentage, but that's all arbitrary. You just go for looking in the mirror, man. Like yeah. nobody's walking around saying I'm 10% body fat. Oh, Look. really? Let me check real quick, bro. Let me, let me pull out my caliper and dial and make sure you're actually 10, motherfucker. Let me get my MRI machine one second. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who, who cares? Like, like, like bodybuilding stages, they don't know. Oh, they're, they're not like, okay, so who should have win? Okay, fuck. Um, what was Phil Heath's uh, DEXA scheme? Oh, he was 1% body that batter, but then the, the, the bone out but nobody does that you know it's it's go for a look go for a feeling i like and maintain that like if you're happy like like i always say this one thing with my clients when they're like oh should i cut or should i bolt i'm like well are you happy with your current body type percentage and like being within that body type percentage range that you're comfortable with like try and i are both going to get up to 200 pounds it's going to be a process though like a really good way to like gain weights and honestly lose weight is like like if you really want to do this is like gain like five percent body weight like three to five percent then you know see how how you're, how you're looking mini cut and then we're going to repeat that process that's a great way to definitely be fasting in a bulk like i don't care what anyone says you cannot eat in a surplus for five ten weeks at a time and have the same insulin sensitivity that you had at the beginning fasting is paramount like if you're going to start a bulk fast like honestly i like to cut before i bulk to be honest, I don't, I don't, I don't think fasting is necessarily imperative. I do think having careers where you're, all, you're alternating energy intake and maybe having like, you know, like, like one day per week, you have like those like slightly lower, lower calories. Um, but I, I think the number one thing is like mini cut, like when you have to, it's like you're not getting excessively fat, you know? Well, I, I'm talking purely from like an insulin sensitivity standpoint, like in bodybuilding, if you want to continue to get bigger, you have to keep, you have to stay sensitive to insulin. That's your storage hormone, man. That's where all your food is going to be shuttled into the muscle and help repair, right? So why would it not benefit you to fast one day out of like, say every eight weeks, you just fast at the end of eight weeks, right? Help reset the insulin sensitivity, but also dude, to give you a break from food. Like you can't just continually bulk for years at a time. At least for me, I've noticed that I can bulk for like four months at a time. And then I want like a month where I'm just eating maintenance. I have to resensitize. I have to stop eating all the food because one you also just can't keep training that hard for like, yeah, dude, it's just it's too much. It's way too much. It's too much stress, too much just overstimulation. And you start developing this bad relationship with food. And then you just start this not eating because you just cannot stand the, the thought of putting more shit in your mouth. It is just disgusting or revolting. And coming from someone with an eating disorder, like I, I have had my, trust me, I went five, no, seven days was the most I ever went without eating because I was that vain, cared that much about how I looked. I wanted to be that lean. Not that I was any leaner than when I started. That's terrible advice. Don't think if you fast, you're going to get like look shredded and look good because you're going to look flat and depleted and you're still going to be fat if you're fat to start off. So it's just not, not good advice, but it doesn't benefit you. So yeah. Yeah. But like just, just to like wrap things up, like, you know, Basically, my advice for most people is choose a body type percentage where you like how you look, where you can where you can perform well. You're you know you're not really inhibited by everyday life. You have enough energy to do things. Uh, if you want to get leaner and maintain a leaner physique, embrace the process. Don't lose like more than like ten percent of your body weight in one diet. Take maintenance phases. Learn how to eat at maintenance, and then take your gaining phases slow. And then don't get out of the body type percentage range where you're not happy with, with where you look. There's no reason to you know, in my opinion, really get above that, you know, take mini cuts when, when you have to stay on top of your stuff. And, um, I, I think Trey says something really good too, like have fun with it. Like this is supposed to be fun. Like if you're, if like, there's going to be some times when this is tough, you're going to have to practice some, some discipline, but this should be a fun thing that ultimately enhances your life. And if you're, it's not, that, that's not what's you know, happening as a result, you know, it's like, it's taking away from your quality of life. Then you got to change something up because you're not going to maintain it. You're going to hate it. So yeah. I completely agree with everything you said. If you don't enjoy something, you'll never stick with it. That's just anything in life. Like some people hate that's, like, that's what keeps you training for 10 years. And you really jacked. You love it. You have a passion for it. And, and another thing to go off that everyone's like, how do you get so motivated? How do you stay motivated? How do you stay so disciplined? And the fact of the matter is half the time, dude, if I'm in there, I'm like, so brain dead from working, being a dad, like just life in general, I'm busting my ass because I know I have to. It's not that I necessarily want to go sometimes. It's that I need to go. You know, like you, after you've done this for a long time, you just get that 
you have to go. You know, there's nothing else you want to do. You just have to go. You need that release. And sometimes it's like that. But other times it's like you're making PRs all the time or you're getting leaner by the day. You have like veins in your ear, your abs for the first time. You're seeing striations everywhere for the first time. It's so rewarding. And that's fun. But whenever you have to take a break, you have to eat a maintenance, you know, do maintaining workouts instead of one, either trying to cut or trying to get stronger in bulk. Yeah, that's that's when it gets kind of tough and you start to lack on a little things, stop eating how you're supposed to start, whatever. I'll, I'll wait till I cut again to actually give a shit. Can't do that. You have to stay with it. Enjoy yourself, but at the same time, hold yourself accountable so that you don't get lazy with it. When you get lazy with it, you stop seeing results. And there's nothing you can do to offset that or counteract that. I think that's a really good way to end things off, you know do things like more like you know, have, have discipline. Um, you know, if you really care about, about, about this, put in the work, you know, if you, if it really does, does matter to you, if it, you know, if you try this out and you're like, you know, honestly, like my goal, I don't really, I don't want to do all the things there. That's fine. But just like, understand that you have ambitious goals. You're going to have to be disciplined. And sometimes it's just about coming in, being consistent, even if you don't always want to do it. Um, and also, but not only that, understanding how to structure your training and your, and your nutrition so that, it does account for the fact that like you can't constantly be pushing. You just, you just can't. So it still is along with, with the plan so you can be jacked in 10 years and not falling apart and whatnot. So anyways, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, if you guys like having like subject, you guys would like Trey and I to cover, uh, I'm going to get like my friend Josh on here to, to, to come and uh, talk about that. So if you like anything you guys want to talk about, like anything goes, like we'll talk about, about what, whatever, whatever here. Yeah, leave your favorite conspiracy theories. We'll talk about it. Yeah, like yeah, we'll talk about about whatever. Like, but yeah, like I want to thank everybody for, for watching. Uh, you know, if you guys like, please let me know how you liked it. Uh, DMs, follow Trey on Instagram. Have his his Instagram uh, in my in the notes. So yeah, anyways, talk to you guys later. Bye. Peace.